Well, hello everyone. Welcome back. It's season two of the Baggies broadcast, season two, episode one. I am Luke Hatfield. I'm joined as ever by two people you will know very, very well from the last season if you did listen. First of all, our West Brom correspondent, fresh back from Italy. I'm assuming you were chatting to uh, Mr. Giuliano Terraneo while you were over there. Matt Wilson. I wasn't speaking to Terraneo, no, I don't I think there'd be much point because I don't think he's got many, much dealings with Albion anymore. Uh, I was uh, just drinking copious amounts of wine and enjoying the, the sun. But yeah, we're back and now all of a sudden the season seems like it's coming up on us really thick and fast. I mean, it's only, I've got my first um, email uh, inviting me to a pre-match press conference uh, dropped it on my desk today. So yeah, um, exciting times ahead. Yeah, exciting times. And we're also joined by the Big Baggies fan, Andrew Turton. I'm back. Andy, how are you? Very well, thank you. Very well rested. Uh, it took a long time to get over last season, so <laughs> finally, I think I'm just about ready to talk football again. So took yeah. you a while, but you were you were at the Hawthorns on the weekend, weren't you? I did, yeah. Well, that was it. I thought I'd sort of ease my way back in with something, uh, you know, something run of the mill. It was obviously all going to be about Cyril, but it was going to be sort of a nice game. And then we we went three 0 up in the first half an hour, and it was a you know bit of a shock. But it was great, weren't it? But mind you, Coventry. Awful, awful. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> Questionable opponents, but yeah. no, it was it was a it was a good good win, you know, a preseason win. But we'll start with the summer. What a summer it was! The Love Island final. Did anyone tune in? Yes, yes, hundred percent. No, no, I'm not. Oh, I'm not. God, what? Sorry. It was always going to be Jack and Danny. Come on. Yeah. That was the big competition this summer. I can't think of anything else. Yeah, there was only a, a minor international tournament. It wasn't bad, was it? The World Cup. Let's be honest. It was brilliant. Yeah, very good. <laughs> Um, particularly enjoyed Nasser Chadley's contribution. <laughs> I uh, think everyone could have called that. <laughs> yeah, I know. An, an amazing turnaround in uh, fitness from uh, West Brom's record signing there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he ended up uh, forcing his way into the Belgian side. And uh, maybe, I mean, maybe he gave Graham Jones a bit of a you know uh, a few kind words about about the Hawthorns and said, yeah, you should come come down because um, it looks like he might be. Darren Moore's number two. Yes. Um, so yeah, I'd yeah, Chad. I mean, that goal that Chadley scored for Belgium is just um, like like most people um, affiliated with Albion. He sort of looked gobsmacked because um, that was the Chadley we saw for for about five games, wasn't it? At the yeah, Hawthorns. yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a bit dumbfounded by that, to be honest. Sod's law as well. He gets injured in the last game, comes back uh, with a bit of a problem, but. Mm. Uh, Elsewhere in the summer, where did you guys go? I mean, we, we saw you go away to Italy and we didn't see many pictures. You kept that one quite quiet. Did you go anywhere else, Matt? Um, I also went to Devon for a week. Um, nice. Was, what, what do you mean you didn't see many pictures? Were you expecting me to... I was expecting tweets galore from the Amalfi Come on, Coast. From Nathan Judah, you know, you tend to get a sort of holiday vlog, don't you, from him, uh, giving you updates. Uh, you see, when I, when I go on a holiday, I like to turn Twitter off. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good idea, because you just have Albion fans left, right and centre tuning into this, probably asking you about Salomon Rondon and other players coming and going, so you probably would be best to turn it off. Mm. Turts, did you go anywhere? I went to Lanzarote. That's yeah. right, oh, very oh, nice. Oh no, yeah, a bit old school, but it was good, you know, I liked it. It was a uh, proper break, yeah, just chill out, yeah. Caught a couple of England games while we were out there and stuff, so yeah, it was did, good, yeah. Did you go somewhere nice, Luke? Is that why you're sort of pushing mm. this conversation? I went, to, I went to Morocco for four hours. Oh, oh there you go. dropping <laughs> it in, okay. <laughs> well, now, here's me, right in air flight out there, and there you go. I mean, I, I, I flew EasyJet. I mean, yeah. it was, I'm not exactly flying first class, let's be mm. honest. But no, it was nice. It was nice in Morocco. I managed to catch some of the football as well while I was over there. Got to see uh, Germany get dumped out of the World Cup. There was a big German contingent at, at my resort, and they were not best players. Really? They yeah. were not happy. <laughs> they, they, they were throwing their shirts in the pool. They were get, I mean, they were very testy. I mean... Throwing their shirts in the pool? What? Yeah, they weren't. Replica not. shirts. Replica shirts. The, you know the nice looking German ones here, the German away ones as well. Mm, both, okay. they, I thought the home ones, I thought they both were nice to be fair. Mm. I mean, yeah, they looked good but they weren't happy and mm. to be fair, we gave them a little bit of stick but they would, you know what, they took it quite well to be fair, they could have they took it worse. <laughs> but, I mean, we digress because we are, we are here for an Albion podcast and we've been in for four minutes and 52 seconds now and we haven't really discussed Albion barring a minor joke about Terraneo and a little bit about NASA Chadley. Yeah. Um, and we've got so much to cover today, so I've come up with an idea of doing this. We're going to play a game of Baggy's Bingo. Ooh. 
So this is Exciting. I've got I've got six or seven subjects in this cup here. Uh, each piece of paper in here is a picture. I think we should just I think we should firstly just paint the picture for the listeners about the cup, which is a mug. Dublin. Uh, a Dublin mug, which has obviously been bought in Dublin, and it's got Mickey Mouse, <laughs> Mickey Mouse all over it. Mm. So I don't. I mean, is there a Disney World in Dublin? Because I didn't know there was. I don't know. I've not been. This is this is actually a gift from Nathan Judah's missus to Nathan Judah, and I, I didn't actually have something to hold the uh, the bingo pieces of paper in. Mm. Uh, I, I you couldn't gonna... get them all in the champagne flutes that he usually has on his desk, to be honest, <laughs> can you? So. No, so this is the only thing we had. But it's got seven pieces of paper, each with a picture in. The picture corresponds to a subject we're going to talk about today. Um, we'll get started quite quickly. I'll give this a quick shake. Mm-hmm. Can you hear that shake? Wow. Yeah, I hope this is going really great for our listeners. Do you want to take the first one, Matt? I will. Here we go. Here right, we go. He's we picked go. one out. He's picked one out. What is it? What is it? It's just a big question mark. Oh, that starts with questions then. Questions. Oh, questions. Oh, right. Questions from, from, questions from, from listeners. listeners. Yes. So you, you, you understand all this is all going now. It's going very smoothly. I was hoping this one wouldn't come up straight away. I thought we were going to get a bit of chatter in. But we'll, cu- we'll go straight to it. We'll go straight to it. Uh, the first one comes from at John Foz. Uh, by the way, I should mention while we're here that we've set up a Twitter account for the Baggies broadcast at Albion Polly. Make sure you do tune in and follow there uh, we'll, we'll of course you know be keeping you updated over the season regarding that uh, from from this Twitter feed so make sure you follow us as, as well because you know Matt Wilson does tweet a fair bit of Albion stuff believe it or not and I, I try and tweet a fair bit mm-hmm. but first question John John Foz, uh do you think loans for Chadley and Rondon would represent good business for West Brom no I don't and um, even more importantly neither do Albion Mm. and they will not be entertaining those. The only way that I can see them loaning Rondon or Chadley out is if they get a replacement in um, response. So, for example, they're keen on Dwight Gale from Newcastle, yep. and yep, they could loan Rondon to Newcastle if they got Dwight Gale back. But if they don't, or if that deal is not forthcoming, or if the valuations are apart, which is the state of play at the moment as we talk on Monday on uh, Tuesday morning, Mm-hmm. Um, obviously things can change pretty quickly specifically considering the, the deadline is fast approaching but if they don't get that player coming back to them a replacement why on earth would they loan someone out it just doesn't work for them yeah. um, so they would need to have I think something a sweetener aka a Dwight Gale in there um, I can't see Chadley or Rondon being loaned out um, you know when actually if you want to buy him just buy him yeah, there's a release clause there as well mm. for for the likes of Rondon and, and, and some of the other players. Dwight Gale would represent a good piece of business, though, I think. It would. It would. He's very good in the championship, um, as, as I think he proved two years ago. Um, I think the question is whether whether he would come. You know? um, you've know, got to think mm. he's on a Premier League wage. Um, can it be a match that? I don't know. It, you know it, it depends on a number of things. Um, it's... He doesn't seem to be very well liked by Benitez, though. He doesn't yeah. seem. I mean, he just didn't really play much last season for them. Um, so, an interesting one. I think Gale would be a, a fantastic signing if they could if they could get it done. But although that although they seem to be keen, uh, Albion seem to be keen on him. It doesn't seem like it's one that's close. But with the proviso that obviously we are at that time of year where mm. things can move incredibly quick. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, question from all WBAFC. How many signings do you expect us to make before the window shuts? Not many. Maybe a couple more. There's some talk about um, uh, the chap from Yeovil coming in, potentially. There's some competition for him, mm. I think, from other uh, teams. And then potentially a another. But I, I can't see wholesale sort of uh, transfers coming in now, really. Depends who goes out. Yeah, that's it. I mean, exactly. that's just, from now on, I think they've done the majority of their business and... Um, if nobody leaves, but if somebody if somebody like Dawson or Rodriguez goes because a club, whoever it is, stumps up enough cash, then yeah, all of a sudden you go right. We'll do this and this and this, and you the the, the conversations that you've had with other clubs um, about potential moves, you all of a sudden you enact them, and then it could get really busy really quickly. So I think we're at that stage now um, where 
there might be one, maybe two other others coming in if nothing else happens. But it would take. They're they're going to be. Oh, I want to. I don't want to say minor signings because that's a bit harsh on those players. But mm. you know, someone like uh, Tom James who would only cost a, um, a few hundred thousand. Yeah, they're not going to be massive. You know, eight million, ten million signings unless. They, you know, they sell other players. Yeah, Joe Crab. He asks, "Is Craney staying?" That's a good question. Craney's essentially a contingency plan um, for the defence. Obviously, he's played, um, I think, at pretty much every preseason game. Yeah. Um, so unlike Richardson and Rio Coca, who haven't featured uh, recently, he quite definitely is um, a potential um, person that that. Darren Moore is looking at. Um, yeah, you could, you could call him a trialist if you wanted to, I suppose. Um, but the, from my understanding, he's a con- contingency plan in in the eventuality that oh no, Higazi and Dawson are both gone, yeah. and we can only get in one or two. Almost in the mould of maybe Mark Wilson mm-hmm. was uh, a couple of years ago for for Tony Pulis. Um, he's there as a versatile defender, just in case. Um, I would. I would be surprised if if he was offered like a long term deal. It'd probably be a pay as you play, maybe. Yeah. Um, and it may not even be that. Um, it just it just depends on what happens in these last few weeks of the transfer window. Because although the the deadline shuts uh, next Thursday, yeah, on the ninth, actually clubs can still bring in players on loan until the thirty first of August. Yeah. So it's not going to stop. You know, you can still get in replacements after that. You can just do a, mm. you just do um, you know a loan deal with a with a, a, a buy written into it yeah. in January or even next summer. So there are ways around it. So actually, this this deadline day looming on on next Thursday is actually a bit of a misnomer. Here we uh, go. Someone's just taken a, a step into our bubble here. Oh, nice. Nathan Tudor's just dropping off some some tea and coffee. Oh, I think. Oh wow, Jason! What on earth? What sort of treatment First is this? First of the season. Coffee. Hopefully not the last. This is it. Let's see more where that came from. Thank you very much. Hopefully now open tops with laptops. Thank you. Much appreciated. Cheers, Nath. Pleasure. Oh wow. What treatment? Yeah. What, what kind of treatment is this? Oh, no, this is unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, we'll quickly move on to the next question. Uh, we have got a question from Mitch Sprigg. This is a good one. Mitch asks, who do you think has done the best business in a division so far and where do we compare? It's a good question. Um, a lot of people think Stoke have done very well. Yeah. Um, I personally am always a bit wary of Stoke's business. I think they, they seem to be very keen to do business early and they sometimes overpay and also give very lengthy contracts. Yeah. Um, I personally don't think you can really judge business until... A Windows business until maybe six months mm. down the line, maybe even a year down the line. Because well, yeah. you look at last the summer. The Alpine's the classic example. Well, yeah. Exactly. You, yeah. Look at, you look at last summer, <laughs> yeah. everyone, we would, it, it was described as the, the most shrewdest yeah. business in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they went down bottom. Yeah. So <laughs> that, that's it. That's it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm face of it from you know a bit of a lamest point of view like me. I thought Stoke had done quite good business, but it's easy. You if you just look at fees, then you'd say, oh well, they've got some good players coming in. You know, Phoebe's probably good at that level. McLean, arguably, mm. but I don't know. I mean, it's uh, really dangerous. It's I mean, dangerous. Stuff. I think a lot of fans like to see big fees and go, oh yeah. look, they they're ambitious. They're spending a lot of money, but actually, the best deals. Are the cheap ones? Mm. Yeah, you know when you pick up Mares and Kante for a, a few hundred thousand pounds, those are the best deals. Yeah, yeah. Not spending, you know, spending twenty million on someone, it might wreck. You know, it might um, suggest that, that that the owners are ambitious, and that's great. But it's not necessarily great business. Yeah. You, you you've got to wait until the football starts. I mean, I'm not saying that a twenty million pound yeah. striker isn't a good acquisition. It could be, but yeah. you've got to wait until the the actual football starts. Until you... we we've had Bamford go. I think earlier today, ten million. Is it talking to going to Leeds? Yeah, uh, like I mean, that, yeah. these are sort of players who've you know they're flattered to deceive so many times. You know, in terms of uh, their quality. I, I mean, think Bamford's done well in the Championship. To yeah. be fair to him, he's he's sort of you know good in the Championship, mm. poor in the Premier League, isn't he? Yeah. Mm. Sort of another the Dwight Gale in that, in that mm-hmm. I think the business Stoke's done rings somewhat of Aston Villa circa two years ago mm. they've spent a lot of money and if, if it works for them then fine if it doesn't then yeah. you can be in trouble it's which, which they've, got, they've got plenty of money behind them though 
Yeah. They've got... I mean, they're, the, the they're, Coast family are... Yeah. You know, they've got plenty they, of, I can't see them going down the Villa route. But, um, you know, with FFP and stuff like that, you never know. But not. I think they'll be fine. And I think Rowett's a good manager as well, mm-hmm. actually. But it'd be interesting to see how Stoke get on. It'd be really interesting yeah. to see how Stoke get on this season. I think, I think one team who have done well in the, the transfer market, Nottingham Forest, kind of slipped under the radar a little bit. I mean, I know they've got the links with George Mendes, which Wolves, of course, had last season. But the likes of Lewis Graben as well, Mm-hmm. That's he's a good, a good signing for the price they're going for I mean you're not spending more than £10 million on him like what is it £5 million something around that mark it's a good signing he did well he did well in the championship with Sunderland he did well with Villa I think he's going to do well again with Forest but, uh, one more question uh, this one from Lord Ryan Brigdale on Twitter mm-hmm. he, uh, he asks would you rather be tackled by one horse sized Ahmed Hagazi or a hundred duck sized Ahmed Hagazis that's a good question <laughs> Um, 100 maybe yeah. just because they could overwhelm yeah, you I'm quite fleet of foot though you know I'm quite nimble despite my uh, <laughs> physique and height so I, th- I feel like I could uh, just run off quick I feel, I feel like I've probably got a quicker turning circle than Ooh. a horse yeah <laughs> just about <laughs> that's quote of the day right but there. I don't I don't know about I mean a hundred ducks you could just end up booting them into the stands can mm. you yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah. you'd be alright with that very noisy as well it's a lot yeah. of quacking by the way, that does remind me. I have seen some Matt Wilson's football skills. I, saw, I got to witness him over the summer um, at what we we participated in foot golf. Um, oh, I thought you meant he was sort of around uh, St George's Park. No, I didn't, I, didn't get to, I didn't get to see Wilson in his full midfield oh, right. flow. Okay, but I, I got to see a snippet of the skill. And I will be fair to you, Matt. I, I was I was expecting you to be good, but you came out and you did. You know what? You did well. It wasn't the highlight of the day. The highlight of the day was. The deputy editor um, trying to tee off on the final hole in front of a uh, a questionably sized crowd and, and falling over. I think De- Fell Derek, over. Derek Bish wow. was uh, pretty spectacular that day. Yeah, that was a good day. I, I wish I wish we got video of it. I really oh, do. That, yeah. So basically, but, what you're saying is that I could take on a hundred duck-sized Higgins. I'd back you against both of them. There we go. There we go. So bold claim. Wow, well, fantastic! We it's a bold. Uh, <laughs> it's a good height to reach. A bold prediction for the season ahead. As you can see, or as you can hear, I'm shaking the bingo ball again. Andy Turton, do you want to pick a subject for me? Here we go. Come on, what is it? What is it? It is Albion family. It's the new kit. Ah, okay. What do you make of it? The new kit, the new home kit. Quite like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. I think it's good. I love the bold stripes. I know it's always, it's obviously been sort of um, uh, uh, maybe a little in homage to uh, the 78, 79 strips and, uh, you know, those classic days. And uh, yeah, I really like it. I like, I've always been more of a fan of a bolder stripe. Have you yeah, know? I quite like quite like that kit. I mean, it's it obviously, yeah, the Cyril Regis kit was the one that everybody sort of uh, attributed it to yeah. but it's also very reminiscent of um, I can't remember the year but um, it was a, a Deodora oh, kit yes, which yeah. was a thick stripe mm-hmm. and uh, a very open collar uh, I think it was, I think you know, when Zoltan Gira was in his yeah. pop and um, I've got that kit actually at home I think mm-hmm. I might have actually I quite like I it I think I was really happy as a kid from getting that kit because it was because uh, it was Deodora and it was like wow you know this Sportswear brands making the Albion kit, you know, wow, fantastic. I think we'd had like the Albion and like, you know, mm. other various uh, sort of non-entities making the kit before. I'm a fan of it. I am a fan. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see the away kit though. Mm. What do people want from that? I think green everyone, and yellow? I think everyone wants green, green and yellow. yellow. Yeah, that's it. It'd be a crime if they don't produce that. Yeah. Surely. It's a, Yeah, definitely. 100%. Now, the reason that the kit is in here is because... We've got a bit of a competition for our listeners this season. Now, I'll explain how this works. Every week you will have a chance to potentially win a kit of your choice, home or away, potentially a third if Albion decide to release one, with a name and number of your choice on the back. Now, to do this, every week we'll be picking any time goal scorer from three games in the Championship. One of them will be an Albion game. If those three come in... The person we choose on the Saturday morning, we will pick pick on every Saturday morning, one lucky person who retweets, uh, who follows the account on Twitter. And, and if you give us an iTunes review, you get an extra entry as well. So you can potentially get two entries every week. We'll pick one person before the games kick off. We will pick the games 
at the end of this podcast, or the, the scorers, shall I say, in the games, I've already chosen the games. The games this week, for example, will be West Brom versus Bolton, of course, Leeds versus Stoke, which goes ahead on Sunday, and then Hull versus Villa. So we'll be picking a first, uh, any time goal scorer, sorry. And then if all three of them come in and the person has been picked, they will win a shirt of their choice with a name and number on the back. So make sure you follow the account, retweet, do everything you can, give us a review because you know not only will that build our podcast, you also also get you a home shirt or an away shirt. It's a shirt, not a kit, is it? Just the shirt. Just the yeah, shirt. I mean, I'm, I'm not made of money. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Next one, next one. Matt Wilson. Okay. Give me honors. Let's have a go. What's this going to be? It is a picture of Darren Moore. Darren Moore. Darren Moore. So as you can probably guess, we're going to be talking about the manager himself, Darren Moore. Has he kept the feel-good vibe going? Because during the summer, it was a bit, was a bit shaky at points, I thought. I think he has. And I'll tell you why I think he has. Um, firstly, the games. Yes. I mean... Mm-hmm. I know you can't read too much into preseason, and you probably shouldn't, and it's dangerous to. Mm. He's scoring goals, though. But Albion are unbeaten yeah. in preseason, mm-hmm. and they've been scoring goals. Yeah. And actually, you know, you went to Coventry. Yeah. I didn't. I wasn't there, but by all by all accounts, they look pretty good. Well, the first half. I mean, you know, they lined up with, you know, a great sort of attacking attempt. Really, you know, Barnes and, and Phillips in there. Um, yeah, I mean Barnes was outstanding for a debut, um, and 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 yeah, I, I just thought it looked like they wanted to be on the front foot and 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 you know taking control. I mean it was against an inferior Coventry team, and I mean it was a pre-season game. There's always going to be loads of changes, but yeah, they were excellent, and I, I, that was what I've obviously read match reports, and we've we've all read up about how the pre-season's been going. But that was a sort of. Um, first indication to me in the flesh of actually sort of the way he was looking to sort of have um, uh, you know play this season and uh, you know I was quietly sort of excited to be I, honest I yeah. also think the signings as well have been quite shrewd yes. um, and mm-hmm. um, welcome yeah. and exactly what Albion need uh, you know he's bought okay so you look at the goalkeeping department they've let They've let go or sold two 35-year-old goalkeepers. Yeah. And they've signed two 25-year-old goalkeepers, yeah. bringing the age massively down. Mm-hmm. Um, Carl Bartley's 27. Mm-hmm. That's quite young for a centre-back. Mm-hmm. If you remember, we um, Albion signed oh. Gareth McCauley at 31, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I think those signings, he's, he's trying to bring the, the, the average age of the group down. He wants to promote... He's trying to promote a few youngsters if he can, if they're ready... Um, I think we saw towards the end of last season, though he's not just going to promote them for the sake of it. Mm. He's going to put a team out that he thinks is is, is capable or the best chance of winning. Um, and I think, you know, in the vacuum of the summer when not much is going on, the the bad feeling and uh, you know it sort of builds and builds and builds. Mm. And, we, and the Terraneo disaster didn't really help matters. Then you had Ben Foster and Craig Dawson um, refusing to go to Portugal. That didn't help. But I think he's actually navigated it all. Quite well so far, um, you know. He obviously it's been tricky at times, and um, you know that warming smile that he, he may have had before is doesn't come as readily as it, as it did yeah. before. Yeah. But I think that you know he's just getting used to becoming a manager and, and the stresses and everything that comes on with that. I still think that what we have here is um, someone who's Albion through and through. Yeah, gets the club. He's trying to take it in the right direction. Mm-hmm. He's trying to take it in the right direction. He just needs help from those above him and those below him. Mm. And a bit of patience from the fan base, and I think, could be onto a good thing. I hope, anyway. Because obviously, um, for me, it seems that n- not for a long time has the Albion had a manager that everybody is so desperate to succeed. Yeah. Mm. So desperate to succeed. Obviously, the majority of fans always want their club to do well. Yeah. In fact, pretty much all of them do but everybody wants Darren Moore to do well everybody's f- aching for him to do well oh the yeah. fans are really united and 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 I actually think you do have to remember that it's his first pre-season in charge I know he obviously had the last end of the season where he got a good view of where the problems lay and obviously it's been a bit tumultuous with Foster and Dawson and, and the issues surrounding that but 
I actually think, you know, it's kept it quiet, it's been low-key, he's done the business, you know, uh, bringing in the players. Obviously, he's had an eye on and, and, and sort of they've been looking at behind the scenes for a while, you know. They're not necessarily names that were immediately jumping out of the, um, uh, you know, jump into the mind. But, but for me, that's um, good. The where, where Albion have gone wrong recently, recruitment-wise, is they've got players like Chadley and Krakowiak who have dropped down yeah. from so-called stronger teams yeah. and they see playing for West Brom as oh, I'm just doing them a favour mm-hmm. where they need to go is getting young hungry players who yeah. think whoa I'm playing for West Brom what a club yeah. and you see the the words that some of these players like Connor Townsend mm-hmm. um, and even to a certain extent Sam Johnson even though he yeah. was at Villa last year slightly smaller club than West Brom Indeed. you know oh. <laughs> unbelievable he, you know even you know these players, they yeah. they understand the history of the club and they respect it and they are almost in awe of it. Yeah, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, because then you get players who actually care, give their all, and that's so important um, because it's 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 those mi- it's those minute things. Now obviously they have to be good as well. Yeah, mm. but that's where I think the recruitment had sort of fallen down or maybe the club had deviated away from in recent years. And I think da- Darren is trying to take them back to that. Um, in these years, in in you know, in this summer, and certainly, hopefully, in the next few windows to come. Yeah. Uh, how long? I mean, we all say that you know, Darren Moore. We all want him to do well. Everyone wants him to do well. Running the club wants him to do well. But if things don't go well, how long is his grace period, so to speak? Is this is this going to be a one where, regardless, unless they're in a proper relegation scrap, but he's not going to be. Kicked out, kicked out the door. I think he's got more time than I probably anticipated. I feared that if they brought in someone experienced behind the scenes, it was sitting with him, you know, a bit more of a name, someone who... The, the temptation would be, after 12 games, if it wasn't working out, mm. to sort of do a subtle move and bring someone else in and sideline him or potentially get rid. I think now he seems to have built the team around him that it feels like... They're going to give him a potentially for the whole season, unless it's going absolutely disastrously wrong. I think you know. I think he's building it so that it's all going to be hinging on him. So it needs to be. He needs to be at the centre of it. I think patience is key. Personally, I think he deserves to get a season, unless, of course, there is danger of relegation. Mm. I think he deserves a season at least because um, this is the first time he's done it, um, and for me. The the reward versus the risk is massive. Yeah. I think what we learned towards the end of last season and what we learned at the World Cup mm-hmm. is that having someone decent in charge of the team you support makes it so much more enjoyable to support them. Yeah. It makes it so much easier to support them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's not always been that easy at West Brom uh, in recent years. And I think, um, you know, I, th- I, th- I think his affiliation to the club is important in a modern age of uh, global football, particularly in the top two tiers, um, where supporters feel increasingly disconnected from their local clubs. Um, I think that you know the the boy from Handsworth um, who played for the club. I think it's really important that he gets time yeah. to develop. And yeah, you know it's going to be a steep learning curve. And yeah, he's going to make some mistakes. Of course, he is. We all do. Um, and this is the is especially when we start a new job, and mm-hmm. essentially that's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you can guarantee that nobody's going to be more determined and more diligent than he is to try and get it right. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I would I would hope that his grace period is 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 longer than say uh, an experienced manager who came in. That, I mean, yeah. that that was what that would be what I would hope. I mean, talks around other clubs he normally gets to October. You want to you want to make a move before the before the next window comes in because some people will sit there and say, for example, oh, look at Aston Villa, mm. Steve Bruce. If he's not if he's not doing well, if they're not in a position where they're you know challenging, they're going to be in trouble and they're going to look to switch. Slightly early. different because he's had a couple of years. Or, yeah. well, almost. Um, I, I I think. You know that that sort of ephemeral nature of football is dangerous. Particularly, um, you know, one one thing that really struck me was Ali Robertson's preview of the season. He said, "Yeah, mm-hmm. when we went when we when we went up as a, as a team in um, the the year now, maybe it was early '80s. We only won one of the first ten games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
So some, you know, time, it takes time to you've grow got into that a margin season. of error, haven't you? I think a little bit. You've got to allow it to sort of, you know, unfold a little bit those first few weeks. I think it's yeah. important. Let him find the formation and then the system yeah. that he wants to play with the group of players that he's got. Because um, he's got young guys in as well, and they're going to need to play their way in as well. You know, it's a step up for a lot of these players who have come in. And and you know, I just think it's all going to take time to bed in. You know, it isn't going to be an instant sort of, you know. Especially uh, if he's introducing the likes of Field, Leco, Burke. Those, yeah. If those three are coming in, then mm. you know you've got to give them time as well. It's not just yeah. All down to Although I think I think uh, Carl Edwards is probably ahead of Leco at the moment because mm. he was he's been really good in preseason. Um, I hope you'd see a bit of him. I don't know what you think thought about Oliver Burke this summer. I mean, I've only seen the one game, obviously, but and he only coming for eleven minutes, so it's probably very harsh to judge him on that. But for me, I'm still seeing a guy who who just doesn't seem like he's progressed. I still didn't, you know, he he, he made uh, barely anything in the in the time that he was on the pitch on the weekend. And I, I just, where do you see him this season? Do you think he's he's going to be? In the first in the first team, do you think he's you know still a bit of a you know still waiting to see what his real potential is? Depends on a number of things. Depends on whether Phillips stays. Mm. Now, if Phillips stays, he's behind Phillips, isn't he? Yeah. Because Phillips yeah. is a is, is, is a very I think he's a good Premier League winner. There, there were some interesting stats that came out of the weekend about crosses uh, from dead balls and open play, and Phillips was pretty high in both of them in, yeah. in terms of accuracy. Yeah. And I think when he's when he's on his, I mean, he didn't have a great season last year, but not many of them did. Mm. When he's on his day, he's 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 fantastic. And Burke, Burke has the potential to absolutely blitz the championship mm-hmm. and be a, a huge force. Mm. He just needs he needs coaching, and he needs. And I don't know whether I'm sure he's getting it. He just he needs to maybe go into his head. Um, Do you think he almost needs to be thrown in and given? Six games in the team, or you know, given an yeah, extended poten- period potentially, to start, potentially because it's it's difficult when you come off the bench and you've got twenty minutes, fifteen minutes to make an impact. It's mm-hmm. hard. Um, yeah, potentially, maybe he does need somebody but, just to show that faith in him. Yeah, um, it's a big season for him, I think. Massive, I think. Yeah, uh, you know, because this is this was his level at Nottingham Forest. Yeah, and um, I mean, we spoke to him after the Aberdeen game actually, because obviously he's. You know, Scotland mm. international, yeah, and uh, he said, you know, hopefully this can be my season, and I, I think it needs to be in, in many ways. He needs to step up. Um, obviously, with the caveat, no one, he didn't force anyone to pay fifteen million pounds. For him. Yeah, that's mm. not his. That's not his fault. Yeah. that's the club's decision. Um, and, but I hope for his sake, because he's he's a, he's a lovely chap, and he and he does he does seem determined um, that he can he can improve and impress. Because, um, yeah, you know. He was he was one of the, I suppose, disappointments last season. Although, you know, he came in a season of it, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. it, w- it would be it would be wrong. And, and I think people and are willing. Incredibly harsh to, to pin all of that on him. Mm. Yeah, I mean, people are willing for him to do well, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. You know. Certainly has the attributes to do. It. Certainly yeah. does. Yeah. One other job which Darren Moore, of course, has to sort out his backroom staff. Getting getting there, aren't we? Yeah. Well, he's obviously got Neil Cutler, uh, who's very um, highly regarded. Goalkeeping coach actually, and did just more than goalkeeping coaching at uh, at Warsaw. He was mm-hmm. he was almost a first team coach there, um, and I think he he was quite an important part of of that turnaround in the, in the last six games um, last season. And you know you look at, at who the goalkeeping department have brought in. They made some good good additions as well. Yeah. Um, I like Neil Cutler. I think he's I think he's a good coach. I like. James Shan apparently all the you know he is a you talk about diligence mm. there was probably no one as hard working as him um, maybe save Darren Moore at uh, at West Brom he's he's risen through the ranks through sheer will and determination and the, putting hours in yeah um, so James Shan and apparently all these senior players really like his sessions because they're different you yeah know, they're, they're, yeah. they're they're unique and and they 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 actually test them and they're not just the same old same old that they've done for, for you know for years so that's good um, Wayne Jacobs who is one of Darren's um, old confidence and friends for an old teammate from Bradford is is set to be confirmed as one of his first team coaches on a part time basis um, I think this week actually it might be done um, he is you know uh, basically a confidence someone for him to bounce ideas yeah. off mm-hmm. and then the big question mark this summer has been over his number two Seems like Graham Jones, the, uh, the the Belgium coach, is the man. 
Um, and I think that personally, I, th- I think that would rec- that would represent a massive coup. Yeah. Because twofold. Firstly, he's a very experienced assistant. He's been an assistant Premier League assistant with Roberto Martinez for years. He went from Swansea to Wigan uh, to Everton to Belgium, so he's got lots of experience managing some very good players. Mm-hmm. But more, perhaps, maybe a bit more importantly, he's also quite an attacking coach. Yeah. He was a former striker, played with. Uh, Darren at Doncaster, I think it was, and um, you know, obviously, Moore has got the defensive um, experience. If he can provide some attacking patterns and talent, then yeah, fantastic. I think that could, if that if that does come off this week, I think that would be a very shrewd acquisition. Mm. Here's the question: What represents a success for Darren Moore this year? I would say playoffs. Playoffs definitely as a you know success. I think to put any more pressure, or any more expectation on there would be, you know, a bit wrong. At this I think you have yeah. to. I think you have to separate. In, in some ways, you have to separate Darren from the club and the board, because obviously, the board and the club and the owners asked him to be head coach, mm. knowing full well that he was inexperienced. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could almost, if they don't go up, you could almost label that as a failure for the club. Mm-hmm. But if they make a good fist of it, it could be a success for Darren. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because although you do have to sort of separate it a little bit, because although, you know, although they are obviously together pulling in the same direction, you, you would hope, he is, he has, not that he's been thrown into it, because obviously he wants to do this, but. That their decisions are different. Yeah, they're not intertwined. Well, they are intertwined, but they're not. They're not exactly the same. That the, the goals might not necessarily be exactly the same, or, or it'd be unfair. Perhaps you could argue. I think everyone would have their own different opinion on that. By the way, yeah. Um, and it was interesting when we ran our end of season survey. How many people thought success would be top ten? How many people thought success would be playoffs? How many people thought success would be? Automatic, and it was actually split, probably thirty yeah. percent down all of them. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think everyone's got their own own idea on, on what constitutes success, and also what constitutes um, enjoyment of, of a football. You know, of, a, of following a football club. If you say Albion finished seventh, maybe or eighth, but they played some exciting stuff, mm. there might be quite a few season ticket holders that'd be quite happy about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, you know, um, there also might be plenty who think, mm, or. That this is our best opportunity of going back up, and it really is. When you look at the resources that the club have got, you look at parachute payments, how they dwindle, you look at player contracts running out. This is the best opportunity for West Brom going back up. Yeah. So that's what I mean when I'm saying if the club, if the, if Albion don't get promoted, then maybe the club could be seen as having a failure. But maybe Darren Moore mm. did not. Depends on the season. Depends on what transpires. Depends on a number of things that would be out of. Either of those people's hands. Yeah. So, with the playoffs as deemed a success, how do you see the season predictions? We've got a season prediction. I've asked you all to produce a season prediction. I'll open up. Um, I've gone with Albion to go up automatically alongside Aston Villa. Now, that is. Oh. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing this through rose tinted glasses, but top six Albion, Villa, Stoke, Forest, Brentford, and Leeds for me. But okay. to, go, to go down, Rotherham, Wigan, and Bolton. Okay. Brentford would be interesting. Yeah, that'd be that would. Be I just love the way that Dean Smith gets him playing football. A massive yeah. success for him. I mean, yeah, but they don't have the. F- I mean, yeah, if they can, it'd be a huge success if they can. Do that. I've gone for Brentford as well in the top six. I think so. I think. Hit yeah. me, hit me with them. Um, Stoke and Borough. I've gone for the top two. Um, closely followed by yeah Brentford Leeds, maybe sneaky Sheffield Wednesday. And then the Albion as well. Oh yes, Albion so, sneaking yeah, in. Yeah, I think so. Originally, I sort of I've been mulling it over. I thought that I was erring on the side of the Albion, maybe being more top ten, just purely because I think there's a there's a lot of new players coming. We don't quite know yet whether certain players are leaving. Uh, you know, if there's some late minute deals that could hinge on sort of uh, you know how they're performing at the start of the season and there's a few factors like that that are sort of um, that could play out here so but I'm still confident I still think that um, now that they may just slip into the uh, top six Matt Wilson I think the top two I'm going to be 
an optimist because I've had enough of being negative <laughs> for the last 12 months. It was hard not to be negative yeah, last year. I know. It, was it was so hard. hard. It was hard. I mean, I've had enough of that, so I'm going to be an optimist now, and I'm going to say top, top two, Derby and Albion. Yes, that's what we like to hear. See, I just worried. I thought with Derby, I thought, are they going to be this sort of show pony that, uh, you know, everyone, they've got Lampard in, they've got, you know, is, is it going to be all razzmatazz and then it all just blows up spectacular? No, yeah. I think, I think, think, I think, I think so. they'll do very well. Yeah. And um, the, the other four in the playoffs, I've gone for Stoke, Middlesbrough, yeah. Leeds and... I suppose maybe Villa. Yes. Only because all. only because they've kept Steve Bruce. Yeah? Yeah. What about your bottom three, guys? I, I've went with Rotherham, Wigan, Wigan and Bolton. I've gone for Rotherham, Bolton and Hull. Hull. Oh. I've gone for yeah, Rotherham, maybe Preston. Oh. Just because <laughs> I think someone out of the mid-table teams may slip. I'm... And then, can, I think you can expect your P45 in the post. Oh no, mate. yeah, the gaffer's uh, a yeah. Preston fan. And then also, I've gone for Swansea. Ah, oh, double dip. Double dip, because, I don't know, just from an outsider's point of view, it looks a little bit like, uh, I don't know where they're coming or going. They've only brought one player in, one teenager in, I think. Mm. That, last, yeah, I, I, and like, I, like we said earlier, you can't tell. I know, I know, I just, yeah. And Graham Potter, you know, seems like a good manager. Yeah. I mean, I know, okay, he's only done it in one league and this will be a big test of his, but I'd be surprised if they went down. I haven't put me in my top six because I don't, I think they'll probably just end up yeah. mid-table outside mm. the playoffs, but I think they'll be, I think they'll start slowly but then grow into things. Yeah. I just fear they might, they may start stuttering and then, with this unknown Graham Potter, you know, that they'll get worried, he'll Accent. be gone, and then Chris Coleman will be coming, and then Ooh. all that type of thing will be going on. So. Harju comes in. Yeah, Nathan Judah also nicely gave us his predictions. He's got Stoke to go up alongside Forest automatically, and then Villa, Albion, Leeds, and Derby in the playoffs with Bolton. Rotherham and Preston to go down as well. So yeah. Keith Harrison will not be best pleased. Yeah. Yeah. Preston. With Nathan weren't they near the playoffs last year? <laughs> they were. They, they they made a good run. At, they made a good run. It's always it. a bit of a call, but okay. We, we got to speed through this now, guys. We have got to speed through. Come on. Next one. Next from subject. the baggies. It is uh, Chris Brunt and the Regis Shield. It is that. That means we're going to quickly go over the pre-season games. We did touch on these a little bit. Lots of goals scored. Of course, three 0 win over Barnet. Three one win over Swansea. One 0 draw with Aberdeen. Coming from 2-0 down against Barnsley, which a game I was at, by the way. Um, really good performance, you know, after after the dreadful start they had. And then a 5-2 win over Coventry. I mean, these are all pre-season games, but it's good signs for Albion. Very good signs. I think um, a couple of interesting uh, themes emerged. First of all, I thought Carl Edwards was pretty um, standout in yeah. the games that I saw. Um, I didn't really see. I didn't see the last two against Barnsley and um, Coventry, which obviously had a bit more of a senior first team uh, feel to them. Yeah. But I thought Carl Edwards emerged as one of the exciting youngsters that could perhaps um, overtake Lico in the uh, pecking order and also maybe get a few minutes uh, this season if he doesn't go out on loan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was interesting to see how Robson Carnu score so many goals. Um, you know, Robson Kahn is an interesting player. He's um, he seems to be quite effective at times yeah. um, when he plays, and he's capable of scoring quite good goals and quite brilliant goals. Actually, he's he's not short of confidence <laughs> by any stretch. Um, and I don't know. I just think he he could have, he could be quite a useful player next season. Yeah. Um, as he, he's quite good with his back to goal, he's not fantastic running towards the goal. Um, I just wonder whether you know he's never had a fantastic scoring record in the in the sense that he's never had a, like a twenty goal season or a thirty goal season. Mm. I'm not suggesting he will this time. I just wonder if he might be quite a useful player. Maybe not even starting, but certainly in the you know in the squad, he 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 has that um, important knack that that strikers need of almost being fearless and being willing to get into the right positions and being willing to try and score goals um, and he doesn't seem scared of 
scoring in the same way that perhaps Rondon sometimes does. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you do get the sense that Rondon snatches at a lot of chances because he almost feels like he has to yeah. rush it. Mm. Whereas with with Robson Carney, he just seems to take a little bit more time and a little yeah. bit more composed on the ball. A bit slightly more composed. I, I'm, look, I'm not saying he's a world beater by any stretch, but I just wonder if I just wonder if he could have an, an, an in, a useful season. It'd be interesting to see how he gets on. Mm. Can't do any worse than sort of scoring a few goals in pre-season exactly. and get, get yourself up on the uh, score sheet. I, I thought he did well against Coventry, to be honest. He had a good... Uh, uh, the focus was on him. I think that that's something maybe he doesn't always have. You know, he's a guy who gets yeah. brought in all the time and he's sort of played on wide occasionally and off other strikers. I think if you maybe give him the focal point, he might just surprise you a little bit but yeah. overall I thought you know Coventry game was excellent in terms of Bartlett I love the blend of the, of the youth and experience the three in the middle were key for me though as well as always really Morrison Livermore and, and Brunty you know like they, they were excellent in terms of the way they worked off each other they sort of almost interlinked one would go back one would sort of stay a little bit and I think mm. they were if that's going to be a, a, you know if there's one thing for me coming out of it, I think it's maybe them three in the middle are going to be sort of, you know, the, the main focal point for us. I think that would be quite a strong midfield. The only, mm. I think Morrison's probably done enough to earn himself a, a, an yes, extra year. I think so. Um, he looked good in pre-season, hasn't he? I mean, he, he looked useful. Again, you know... The goal against Barnsley was very you well have to do. You have to, you have to take into account the fact that it's pre-season, the fact that the opposition wasn't always up to scratch. Um, but... I, I thought Morrison was a miss last season. I think he offers something that not many other people in the squad do. Um, Livermore's in, improved under Darren Moore. Yeah. Chris Brunt is, I think, still useful. You know, obviously as captain, I think he, he was one of the, the few players that emerged from last season with with any credit. You know, quite positive mm. credit in, in in the bank. Um, so I agree with you on that. The only concern about that is Morrison and Brunt. I don't think they can do all no, the games. No. So you're going to need someone like Sam Field to step up That's... or Gareth Barry to step in um, when, it, when it requires for those midweek games because you can't rely, I don't think you can rely on either of those two to do three game weeks 46 game seasons I think that's too much yeah actually seeing Barry come in on the weekend when he played uh, towards the end of the second half you know he did show some classy touches and I think you're going to be able to get that bonus of having that experience in there alongside with Field I think you've got a five there that are, that are giving you plenty of options mm. so if you quickly had to grade this pre-season uh, give, give me a scorecard is it an A plus or is it is it a C? In terms of games, yeah. you can't give it anything other than an A, really, mm-hmm. because they've they've stayed unbeaten and they've and they've um, scored a lot of goals. I would say I maybe give it an A minus because I think defensively they haven't looked too good. Only clean sheet against Barnet. Yeah, they haven't looked too. I mean, they've conceded some poor goals, some sloppy goals against Aberdeen and against Barnsley as well. But uh, that being said. They looked very, very strong defensively towards the end of last season. So mm. it might just be a case of switching off pre-season. And Darren, Darren Moore might actually think, well, we'll, we'll, we'll drill them and we'll play maybe slightly less laissez-faire uh, when the season starts. And hopefully that, that sort of attacking verve that we did see comes out in, in patches, but then they're also solid at the back. I mean, mm. you know, I think, yeah. That, obviously, that's the that's the balance that you want, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. Next subject. Next subject. Mm. Next subject. Who's taking this one? Who's taking this Don't one? Look, this is the main man, Jimmy Morrison. Jimmy Morrison. Does he deserve a new deal? We've already touched on this slightly, but does he deserve one, Matt? I think so. Yeah, hundred percent. I think so. I think you you know he's already shown qualities. I mean, whether you know maybe he still has to prove his fitness for the full season, but you've like we've just touched on plenty of options in the centre of the park, so. He should be one of them. Would Albion have gone down if he was fully fit the entire season? Probably. Probably. Yeah, I mean, it's hard think. to know, isn't it? I mean, I don't think any. I don't, the relegation was was it wasn't down to one factor. It was down to a number of factors, and and one of those factors was the injury to Morrison. One of those factors was the injury to Chadley, um, but it wasn't the main one. Um, and it's hard. You, it's, yeah, you're dealing in hypotheticals. Who hmm. knows? But Morrison, you know, he. Players seem to get better when they're on the treatment table. You know, Morrison, I think he's certainly has got his uses and I think he certainly should be given a new deal or a 12-month deal anyway for the coming season. But to say that he's, you know, he would have been a saviour, you know, and a knight 
riding in <laughs> to save Albion from relegation is, I, I think, a little bit too much. Needed yeah. the cavalry charge, never mind one guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's it. Well, fair, fair play. Hopefully he does get that new deal. You know, Everyone's rooting for him after such a horrible injury. Only two subjects left, guys. Two subjects left. We'll get through these pretty quickly. We're running over slightly. We're almost at 50 minutes. Johnny Evans. Johnny Evans. We're going to talk about departures real quick. Gone. Evans, Foster, Macaulay, Myhill, Jakob, and Melbourne's gone on loan. And, of course, James McLean going to Stoke. McLean Stoke seems to be an issue where you're almost strengthening a rival a little bit. But then again, is it one which Albion are willing to take, that kind of blow? I think they're probably willing to take it for four, well, for five million rising to six. Um, McLean's rep, uh, relationship with the fans had deteriorated, really. Mm. He obviously wanted out. Um, you know, He didn't turn up for training. He went AWOL. So, um, yeah, I think that was one that just okay. You can have you can have him. Um, just give us what we value him at, um, and we'll see how he gets on. Yeah. Again, I don't want to make any bold predictions about McLean because, um, yeah, but I'd be I'm really interested to see how he gets on in the championship. Um, at times, in the Premier League, you felt that he had all the heart and all the endeavour. Maybe the quality just wasn't there. Mm. Championship though, he might be. They might suit him down to a T. Because um, no one, no one really works harder on their fitness or the physique as he does. So, interesting to see how he gets on, especially under someone like Gary Rowett, who obviously likes him. Um, as for the other people that have gone, John Evans. Well, we knew that was on the cards for, for months. Yeah. Um, so. It's surprising to see McCauley go. Do you think, considering that a couple uh, of the defenders are, um, you I know, think, up for I debate think the in terms pro- of your future. I think the problem with McCauley is he's. 39 in December mm. and I think there comes a time when you know he just doesn't have the pace yeah. to deal with um, even in the championship to deal with to deal with strikers running off him and don't get me wrong he could make, he might be he might have been able to um, deal with that with you know with his his experience and, and, and his and his defensive capabilities but do you know what Darren Moore sees him every day in training Darren Moore's you know, probably witnessed him in other you know, in games last last season. Not I to forget, th- he was a defender himself as I th- well. I think he mm. probably can, could have called that um, better than I could. Um, mm. The one that surprised me was Jakob. Yeah, I thought Jakob would would be mm. in a fantastic acquisition in the championship. Uh, I think he's only. 31, maybe. Even I mean, younger. yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's not. He's not. Yeah. He's by no means. You know, he's not over the hill. By no means, yeah. and I, I thought he could have played a bit more last season. Personally, I think he would have been a really useful. Um, if you think about maybe just to compare him to maybe Villa, it could be really useful, like Mila Jednak style mm. defensive midfielder for those gritty games in yeah. February when you need somebody to just knuckle down and, and put the put the boot in. Um, I think he could have been a fantastic, you know, a fantastic player in that in that league. Um, you know, he hasn't pitched up anywhere yet. I don't think so. Other than that, something happened when I was whilst I was on holiday. Not that, not that we. But no, um, no. I think he may be going back to Argentina. So it'd be interesting to see where he goes. Um, I, I, I was, I was more surprised with that one than the McCauley one. Mm. To be honest. Yeah, a couple more linked away. Of course, Dawson has been running on and on. J Rod is one who has been linked away. Rondon's one, which is. What we seems, gather is pretty close. Seems to be close. The Rondon one, closer than the, any other ones. Um, Newcastle seemed quite keen, uh, which is interesting. Um, Their strike force, by the way, is going to be a strange one in the Premier League if they let Gale go. You got the who, Hoss- who Hoss- they they've got, got Hosselu up front as well. Mm-hmm. Hosselu and Rondon, to me, yeah, they don't seem too different. I don't. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I think it's a bit of a surprise. I don't think he's he's bringing a lot more to them than they've already got. But mm. it's up to them. But uh, yeah, I think he would be doing well in the championship. But he, to be fair, I think that we uh, I, the style for the Albion didn't maybe always suit him on occasions. And I, I wouldn't be grudging necessarily having a move. To be honest, he's he's not been speaking out. He's he's got his head down, played. Uh, so you know, um, if it goes, then. Just wishing the best of luck. Um, yeah, good luck to him. I, I'm surprised. I'm personally surprised that Newcastle are interested in him. But that you know, he's he works ridiculously hard. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's just the finishing that, that lacks, mm. and um, who knows? He, sometimes things just click at other clubs, don't they? So maybe he'll be he'll be good. He'll be much better for Newcastle. But uh, I think at times. 
his finishing, although you know you, you praise his work rate and his ethic, his finishing just uh, in, leaves a little bit to be desired. It does. Doesn't it, it? Does, it, it does. does. A couple others linked away: Gibbs, Hagazi, Phillips. Anything in them going? Do you reckon, or is it getting to a point now where it's, it's Darren Moore's going to say, "Well, this is my squad now." If unless someone comes in with big, big money. I think you've got to dig your heels in. What's the money? They don't need the money necessarily. So I mean, I don't know. know. I don't know. I think. I just, I just think that in recent years, they, Albion, been burnt by doing that. Evans was never the same player after Manchester City came mm. calling. Sido never recovered from Tottenham's interest. I just think if you, it's a dangerous game to do that because, what, what would you rather have? I'd rather have a lesser quality player giving it all for the shirt than a higher quality player not interested mm. um, I think you, you get too bogged down with oh we can't we can't get rid of him he's too good but, well if you're playing 50% he ain't, he's not good enough mm. so I just wonder whether actually um, yes of course you can't sell all your players because you won't have a, a squad to put out but I, 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 I'm, I'm you know if, if you've got someone like by all accounts I wasn't at the game but by all accounts Dawson was pretty pretty poor at Barnsley and if he's not putting it in, it doesn't yeah. matter how good he is. If he's not putting it, in, you know. He, now, obviously, every player should be mm. for the club that they're playing for. But the, the 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 actual reality of the situation is this is this is what happens in modern football. Players, if they don't get moves, sometimes they can. I think Dawson go, go off the boil. I think Dawson's the one because he's been agitating. I think that's always makes it awkward behind the scenes. From what you know, it seems from a fan's point of view, the others don't seem to have agitated quite, mm. you know, publicly as such. So I think, uh, you know, if it was him mm. uh, to go, then does anyone meet his valuation? Though? That's a, that's a big um, question because you see the likes of Alfie Mawson going for big money, and you'd argue that Dawson's just as good. Well, Mawson's younger. Mm. I'd say Mawson's probably better than Dawson as a player. I, I think he's a better ball player. I like Dawson, don't get me wrong, I think Dawson's a very versatile, very good defender. But I think Mawson's probably worth a bit more. That's my own personal opinion. Um other people don't see it that way. Mm. Um I other other players, Higazi, I'd be surprised if someone came in and, and, and paid that much for him for his you know uh, was it around ten million? Ten million was his release clause. Um and uh Gibbs I mean Gibbs is a Champions League defender, so yeah, it, I'm surprised there's not been more talk about Gibbs. I thought you know there might be someone who was more interested in him, but I don't know. I mean, well, if they can keep him, he's you know arguably the best left back. In going back the to, to Dawson, uh, is it with Burnley? Is it Dawson and Rodriguez are their package? Do they want the two? Are they or are they would they cherry pick one over? You know, if they thought that they could get a deal over the line, is I get the impression that they would rather go for Rodriguez, right? I get that impression, but um, you know that that could change. It depends on who else they've got, uh, what other irons they've got in the fire. The fact that Mawson has gone, they were interested in Mawson as well. The fact that Mawson mm. has gone to Fulham might change that slightly. Right. Um, but you know, it's, it's it's yeah, it's a twenty million is a lot of money. But are you probably more likely to spend twenty million on on Rodriguez, mm. on a striker than a defender, mm-hmm. just just because. That's the market. Yeah, anything can happen in these final days of the window. Though one last one now, the last of our subjects, uh, as you will see, is a picture of Mr. Sam Johnston. We're going to talk about the signings real quick. We're going to get a grade uh, for each of the signings that they've done. So we'll start with Sam Johnston, six and a half million quid from Manchester United. Performed very well for Aston Villa in the Championship last season. Very good goalkeeper and arguably, I mean, on a level, probably with Ben Foster, I'd argue last season. But it's a big. Claim because I think Ben Foster's they're big boots to fill. He's been probably one of Albion's best keepers ever. Yeah, but he was quality last year, and he, he knows the championship. He's done the job. Mm, yeah, he has. I I think it's a good signing by all means. I think it's certainly softened the blow of a, of a, an exit which could have could have left a massive hole. And I think he's twenty five. I think six and a half million. Although it seems quite a lot for a championship goalkeeper. I reckon, I reckon in three or four years' time. You know he could be moving on for fifteen or twenty. You know, yeah. you know if if he does well at West Brom. So, look, we wait and see. But uh, I think that's a good signing. 
I think it's backed up by Bond as well, you know, having someone who's who's going to hopefully, by the look of it, push him behind the scenes. I think that always helps, you know. If he was coming in as a number one, it was, you know, mm. Barbie, you know, up against just maybe Palmer and and and, and players that were uh, sort of behind the scenes who hadn't really come for, burst through yet. Then I think, you know, it wouldn't push him enough. But I think that's that's good business both for them together. Yeah, yeah both good, both good signings. Carl Bartley, four million from Swansea. Um, by all accounts, when you speak to Leeds fans, they think they he's, they adore think he's, him. Think he's fantastic. Yorkshire. I mean, he was so he was on there. He was a season-long loan there two years ago, and he ended up being their captain, mm. which is quite impressive for a loanee. Mm. Um, and by all accounts, he he was brilliant. Um, he's had trouble with injuries, but you know, we Albion picked up Jay Rodriguez last summer, and he had trouble with injuries, and he proved everyone wrong with that. I, mean, I think he only Higazi maybe played more minutes than he did last season. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I'd, it seems like a good signing, mm. um, and it'd be it'd be interesting to see if he can play alongside Higazi because they seem very similar, yeah. um, sort of towering centre backs. You normally yeah, they come out and like, like so claim the ball in the, the quicker, air, nippier one to mop up, but. I don't know. We'll we'll see. He's a big guy, Bartley. I thought that's really good. He, he had some presence at the back, and um, yeah, I was really impressed on Saturday with him. To be honest, I thought did he play well? Yeah, really, really well. And I, you know, thought he took that bit of a mantle of a Macaulay type of guy. You know, mm. who sort of give that bit of self assurance. Harvey Barnes was exciting as well on loan from Leicester. Oof, what a debut! I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, fantastic. Uh, the the the, the the great thing was that he wasn't afraid. He, he had that youthful exuberance about wanting to get on the ball, wanting to attack defenders, which, as a fan's perspective, has been something that you've been crying out for from mm. from someone, you know, to, to have that sort of confidence. Even if it doesn't go right, you know, you can lose a ball, whatever. But at least to have someone who's prepared to keep going for it. And, and, and the finishes were really, really good as well, you know. Mm. I mean, I... Um, First one in particular. Leicester have given him a four-year deal, haven't they? Uh, as far as yeah, they're committed to him. So committed you know, they've obviously sort of got high hopes for him themselves. So it seems like we've picked up someone who's got a bucket load of potential there. Yeah, and he's he's, he's done the job at youth level as well yeah. internationally. Uh, and finally, Connor Townsend. I, funnily enough, uh, I was speaking to a Scunthorpe fan on the weekend, and he was saying it was one of them which he didn't see coming, and one which most Scunthorpe fans didn't really see coming. I don't think. What 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 do we make of that one? What why was he saying that? Because they well, they, they didn't. They, they were almost surprised that a club like Albion of Albion size were coming in for him. Well, we'll wait and see how he gets on then. I mean, if it it, it could be a gem that 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 they picked up. I mean, he's obviously been brought in as competition yeah. at fullback um, for Gibbs. So if he can push Gibbs a bit. Um, and maybe play the odd midweek game, try and get himself into the uh, into the team. Maybe it's sort of a contingency plan as well if someone comes in for mm. Gibbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we, we wait and see. Um, so what, what did they did they not think he was good enough? For? Almost, almost. It was almost that where he went and they kind of he went with their best wishes because it was a club like Albion. But at the same time, he was saying he's not a player I'd expect to be playing for someone like Albion in terms of the quality, so to speak. Right. Okay. Well, maybe they've seen something that. Others haven't. Um, he's relatively young, isn't he? I yeah, so not not not, massive, not not too. Old. He was signed whilst I was away, so I don't know too much about him. But um, no, if they, if they've seen something in him, then they've seen something in him. And yeah. we, we wait, we wait and see. Like I said earlier, we'll we'll only know once the football starts. Mm. Only twenty five years of age, Connor Townsend. Uh, where else would you say needs strengthening quickly before we wrap this up? I would say, well, depends on who goes out, but I would say. Maybe attacking midfield and uh, up front. Mm. So, Bolton coming up. Always hard to call opening day. You want to start strong, though. You want to start with a win, don't you? It's, 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 you know, it goes without saying. Bolton are a side who are going to struggle this year by the looks of it. They're in turmoil, aren't they, at the moment? Yeah. I think <laughs> most of their players... Are they still on strike? They were certainly on strike when I left. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's uh, all a bit up in the air, shall we say. Um but I think you've, that's got to be three points. I think. It's, it's opening day optimism. We're going to be, you know, filling the ground and, and everyone's going to sort of hopefully get behind them. And then, yeah, well, I don't see why there won't be three points on Saturday. That's it. Going in there expecting a win. It's not very often we were doing that last season, was it? Nope. No. So we'll finish off quickly uh, with this competition. Can I get an anytime goal scorer, Matt, please, from West Brom versus Bolton? Oh, good question. I don't even know who the team's going to be. Um, an anytime goal scorer. 
Any song goal scorer for Albion? Oh, for Albion. Um, this is just for the competition. Anyone who retweets and, uh, of course, follows the Twitter. Oh, so I've got to get this right, haven't I? Well, yeah, you've got to get it right. Otherwise, uh, I, I tell you what, if, if Andy picks one and I pick one from the other games and yours is wrong. <laughs> oh. Okay, so any time goal scorer, I will go for... Well, let's go for Flavour of the Month, Harvey Barnes. Harvey Barnes, nice pick, nice pick. Uh, Andy, I'm coming to you. Leeds versus Stoke. Any time goal scorer, please. Uh, Mr. Wolves himself. Benicophobe. Benicophobe. And I will pick one from Hull versus Villa, and I am going to go for... I want to say Jack Grealish. I don't know whether he'll be there, so I'm going to go with Jonathan Codger. Jonathan... Oh, in fact, no, I'm not. Conor oh. Horahan. Horahan. Okay. I know he'll be there. <laughs> and he's been talking you don't about quite know who's coming in that out of Yeah, exactly. So finally, can I get a quick prediction from you? Score prediction. West Brom versus Bolton. I will open up at the Hawthorns with a 3 0 West Whoa. Brom win. Don't do that. That's too, right. You've gone too optimistic there. I'm going to say a enjoyable 2 0 win to the West Brom. 2 0. 2 1, I think. 2 1. Yeah. The might concede a goal. It's early season, bit of a. But yeah, easy winners, really. You're going to be there? Yeah. Uh, no. I'm oh, you're working? working. <laughs> I'm busy. We're I'm working, be in the we'll office. Be I will be. Yeah, I'll be basically following here. I won't be doing much work if. The, yeah. Hopefully the bosses aren't working, listening. I'm yeah. looking forward to that now. I can't wait. I can't wait. Start of a new season. There's nothing better than the start of a new season, is there? Yeah. Everyone, Especially every- when you can actually win the whole division. Mm. Yeah. First time in years that. I'm West, really excited. West Brom yeah. can go in and could actually win it. Yeah, yeah. winning some games. Having spoken Brilliant. to the fans as well, they're all optimistic. Everyone seems excited. I can't wait to be yeah. speaking to the fans after Albion have gone and won the first game. I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait to speak to them. Yeah, I can't wait to uh, do our little two shot after the game as well, Matt. And it'll be nice to do one which, although we did get a nice end of the season, so to speak. You know, the game against Spurs, but. It's nice. It's nice to get on for, on a fresh new step, isn't oh God, it? They're going to lose one 0 now, aren't they? Four 0 four nil defeat. Incoming. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. Good luck to the Albion coming up. Of course, we'll be there. Uh, make sure to stay with us for all the latest, and uh, make sure you follow the new account. And uh, maybe you could be in uh, the running for a new Albion shirt. For all the latest, make sure you stay with us. Express.com and tune in next week for the latest episode of the Baggies Broadcast. <laughs>